Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Scott and Jordan Arigetti with Arigetti Endeavors. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Good you. to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Arigetti Endeavors. How are you serving folks? Yeah. Uh, Arigetti Endeavors is a startup advisory and angel investment shop. Uh, Jordan and I have started this uh, a little bit, a few months after the pandemic began to kind of emerge. And uh, our goal is to help um, uh, founders and their teams really start and build and scale um, high growth startups. So now what uh, has got you interested in that kind of angel, uh, kind of the angel part of the life cycle of a startup? So both Scott and I caught the startup bug. Uh, So we've been married for almost six years and each of us uh, has worked at, at startups. Myself, I've been at Salesloft for close to six years. Scott has worked for some of the most uh, well-known companies or startups here in Atlanta, Stored, Rubicon, Voxy, to name a few. And we became very inspired by the energy and uh, all the skills necessary to build uh, great companies. So we thought, well, why don't we kind of reverse engineer uh, the idea of working for a startup and instead find a new vehicle um, and that that vehicle is through angel investing and then adding our our consultation and guidance on top of that. So now how are you kind of um, finding your place in the landscape when it comes to, you know, an incubator versus accelerator versus, you know, the ATDC versus, um, you know, co-working spaces, all the variety of different resources that's part of the startup ecosystem? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think our goal is simply to get involved and help out wherever we can. We, we we're familiar with a lot of the the folks around town that work at different incubators and, and programs, and certainly at ATV and ATDC and a lot of our companies that we have. That you know, I know even Jordan, where she worked at Salesloft, they originally came out of ATV. A few of the companies that we've invested in um, have have also come out of uh, ATDC. So it's certainly not. Uh, really uh, either or. In our mind, it's all about trying to get involved and help founders however we can. You know, our view is that founders are really uh, are best served by establishing a list of a really group of investors and angels and advisors um, that have not only C-suite experience, but also uh, experience up and down the org chart and also have the ability and the bandwidth to get involved in the early stages and help and build. Um, our view, having worked at, at, at really early stage companies, is that uh, you know, the first 10, 20 customers, first 10, 20 hires, really establishing those in the, those first processes and systems are so crucial to lay the foundation for a company's growth. So we actually uh, look to kind of collaborate with um, not only the founders, but you know, if they have other investors and advisors, we also like to work with them too, to kind of see what's best for this particular business and how we can all help kind of row in the same direction. So now, how do you, are you curating your startups that you work with? Like, what is the makeup of a good uh, startup to work with your team? You know, we don't really have a, a tried and true formula. Um, I would say Pipeline for us has been the, the easiest part of our journey, given our, our networks and our backgrounds with the companies that we've been affiliated with. So for us, you know, we're looking for opportunities that 
are, are, are looking at trends in, in today's world. You know, remote is a trend, diversity is a trend, um, but we're also looking for companies that we just think are designed to do good and, and looking for founders that we, we enjoy working with. And that's kind of the beauty of the model is that we can decide what we feel is, is a good opportunity and evaluating what that total addressable market looks like. Um, today, we have a variety of endeavors and they, they don't really all look the same. Some of them are B2B tech SaaS, and, and some of them aren't. Some of them are more a sustainability play, or a, we even have a, a government tech company, exactly. Um, so there's really no one kind of ideal endeavor for us. It's more of how can we potentially add value and how does our background and our networks potentially complement what they're trying to accomplish? And do we enjoy working with these people and talking to them on a daily and weekly basis? where do they have to be at in order to have conversation with you? Can they just have an idea on a napkin and, and uh-huh. talk to you and get fun, funded? Or is it something they have to have, you know, at least a minimum viable product? They have to have a customer. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that there isn't, there isn't a strict uh, formula for it, kind of as Jordan alluded to. Our, our, our sense is that, um, you know, for us to get involved in a pre-seed or seed round, um, we want there to be a little bit of traction, but in addition to the six endeavors that we've kind of uh, we've we've developed an, an equity stake in, I'd say there's probably a dozen or two more that we've tried to help out that are probably a little bit earlier in their journey. Uh, so that help, even in an informal way, it can be introductions, it can be kind of some advice on on sales strategies or messaging or positioning, um, and then depending on kind of how and how they evolve and how things go, then maybe we get involved as they get to a certain uh, point in the future. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten involved in companies, um, and, and introduced them to their first customer. Uh, uh, I think that it's, it's, and for most companies, when you, when you look to raise a seed round, you already have a little bit of initial traction. Um, so I don't think that we've put money in to a company that hasn't at least gotten that. Um, but, you know, we've invested in some companies that already have 15 to 20 employees, and other ones that are that are at this point are purely the co-founders. Um, so there really isn't one formula that we have to go with. It's more of a question of do we, as Jordan said, do we do we believe in the mission? Do we like the founders and their team? Do we think that we can add value? Uh, and if so, do we have the capacity to help? If the answers are all yes, then we'll look to get involved. So when you're saying add value, uh, how are you defining that value? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways it takes shape. Um, it's uh, you know one, one of the main ones is sales advice and strategy. Both Jordan and I have backgrounds in sales. Jordan is still at sales and, and uh, she works at sales law full time. Helps with this on the side. This is kind of uh, my full time thing. So it's sales strategy. It's messaging and positioning advice. It's um, helping with employee onboarding and recruiting and hiring practices. We have experience in that. It's um, it really can be a lot of different things. There's a lot of different introductions, you know, to employees, to customers, to advisors, potential investors. For a number of our investors, a number of our endeavors, um, we've we've been able to introduce them to others in our network that have invested alongside us. Um, so it really kind of runs the gamut. It kind of depends on what where the startup is and what their needs are and how those needs kind of mature over time. Um, but yeah, it's, it really kind of varies. I mean, as an example, yesterday, I think I spoke with four of our six endeavors at different points throughout the day and helping them with very different challenges that they're having, all very normal challenges. Um, but we kind of meet them where, uh, where they are and kind of look to be seen from them as like an extension of the team almost. And I think what's unique is while we certainly talk to the CEOs and founders most often, 
we also get involved with folks that are kind of in the job every day. So VP levels, director levels to really understand uh, the more micro level and the more minutia, the day-to-day, like what, what are they really running into beyond the strategy? Um, and that's where we're, we're really, we think that it's a unique opportunity for, for endeavors to take advantage of because we're willing to be, to Scott's point, a bit more of an extension of their team versus just uh, checking a, in, asking a passive for, investor, for updates. Yeah. We, we, our goal is really to be active um, and, and, and not a simply uh, a, to cut a check and then to ask for a report every month or quarter. Now, um, can you share some advice for that startup founder that isn't on your radar yet? What are some of the things they should be doing in order to get on your radar or get on the radar of people like you? Yeah, I'm, in my view, I think all startups, I think the most important thing is just to, to do an extensive amount of customer discovery. I think, I think, yeah, I think too often in startups these days, it's, it's, there's companies that can be built simply to raise money as opposed to looking to find your customers first. I think the, the backbone of every company is happy customers. So if you have happy customers, if you have a product that solves a real pain point, um, that's the most important thing. As far as getting in touch with us or other people like us, uh, I think there's a there's a wonderful kind of trend developing in Atlanta of the startup ecosystem with the, the different investors and advisors that are kind of offering the services and, and, their, and their resources more for, for seed and even uh, a pre-seed. So I think if you, if, you, if you have enough happy customers and you're beginning to make some noise in the market, um, I think either, either you'll find people like us or people like us uh, will find you. Um, as you mentioned earlier, there's, there's a wonderful amount of resources from ATDC to ATV to uh, pitch competitions. I know that um, uh, Venture Atlanta is, is coming up soon. Um, uh, so there's a lot of, of resources out there for people uh, to begin to make some noise once they develop a following. But that, the, the first and most important thing is to find uh, to find some customers who want your solution to the problems that they're experiencing and are willing to pay for it. Now, uh, can you share uh, the story about uh, Charles Krautheimer and how he influenced maybe uh, at least the genesis of the idea or, or kind of moved you to, to get moving on this idea? Yeah, of course. Um, so Jordan and I both have kind of been uh, a longtime fans of his. I remember uh, uh, reading his columns every week for a number of years and seeing him on TV. And um, his last piece that he wrote before he passed away, I believe it was in June of 18, uh, it really struck a chord with both of us. The, the, the final paragraph of that column where he essentially announced that he had a terminal cancer and this would be the last time that, that um, he, would be, he would be able to talk to his readers. It was a very heavy piece, a very uh, um, a poignant piece. But he ended it by, by, by thanking his readers, his column, thank his readers, his colleagues, um, his bosses. And he said, you know, I, it was a wonderful life. I'll leave with no regrets. It was filled with the great loves and endeavors that make life worth living. I'm sad to go, but I leave with the knowledge that I lived the life that I intended. And that last line really, really hit home with us. Leave, live the life that you intended. So we, um, uh, in March 30th of last year, two weeks into the pandemic, uh, we were blessed with uh, our second child in 18 months, a beautiful uh, uh, baby girl. And um, as everyone remembers, that time period was, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty intense. So for us to come home um, and really in quarantine with an 18 month old son and a newborn daughter with all the anxiety of not knowing if we'd gotten sick at the hospital of our you know, parents and grandparents and friends and family, there was so many unknowns at that point. Um, kind of our first goal was just to kind of make sure everyone uh, uh, stayed healthy and to kind of figure out what life would look like. 
Um, after we got through April, you know, May got a little bit easier, June got a little bit easier, and we kind of approached this fork in the road at the end of June where Jordan was going back to work um, after her paternity leave. I'm um, sorry, her maternity leave was over at Sales Loft, um, and I had to decide what I wanted to do. I had started a head of sales at a startup in town called Voxy uh, about a month before the pandemic emerged, um, and things were going well, but, uh, you know, there was the intensity of a, um, a head of sales role. Uh, with two young kids at home in a pandemic, we made the decision that it was probably best for our family for me to resign for that role to be able to provide some stability at home and to allow J uh, Jordan uh, to focus on really maximizing her chapter at SalesLoft. Um, so when we kind of started to figure out what we would do kind of next and how I would spend the bandwidth that I had that was kind of shaky, but was beginning to grow more as our kids started to sleep more and as daycare began to kind of become an option again as fall approached, um, this notion of living the life that you intend really kind of came back to the forefront. So we kind of had a reset and, and began to map out what is it that we wanted to do? What did we enjoy doing? Um, and what could we do? So this idea of getting involved in startups um, was appealing, but the notion instead of just working at one company full time, of taking a bit of a different approach of saying, all right, we have our skills, we have you know, a little bit of resources, um, what if we tried something different? What if we tried to package you know, our, our, our network, our skill set, our experiences, and help companies from the position, not as an employee, but as an angel investor? Um, and that's kind of what led us to where we are now. And then what size investments are you typically doing? Uh, predominantly at this point, it's, it's low uh, five figures. We, aren't, we don't have the capacity to be a leading any rounds. Um, so it's almost like we get involved, uh, you know, around the seed round, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later, um, and it kind of helped them grow and mature and evolve. And then as they get to uh, their A rounds and their B rounds, and they bring in more institutional money, uh, you know, we kind of see our role as kind of beginning to kind of fade, uh, fade more in, into the background where we're still available, we're still around as a resource, but they at that point have have new and significantly more um, uh, kind of experienced investors at that stage that can kind of help them along with their journey. Um, you know, we're still very early in figuring out what area getting endeavors will be long-term. Uh, we look to have more endeavors. We're actually eight months into building our own company um, and have a few of the uh, cause endeavors that we're looking to really kind of ramp up our involvement in, which is different nonprofits and causes that are near and dear to our heart. Um, but the first year in, it's, it's just been these six endeavors. And then how much uh, bandwidth do you have? How, how big do you think this can get? <laughs> it's a good question. Well, we'll see. We'll see how um, how these endeavors how they how they evolve. I mean, there is a bit of uh, there is a bit of a risk in this. Uh, I mean, it's an it's an uh, liquid investment, and if in five to six years uh, these companies all uh, don't uh, don't make it, then you know there'll be some egg on our face, and we'll have to figure out what happens next. Um, but you know, we kind of like that 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 challenge, and we kind of have we have confidence in betting in ourselves. And our ability to to help to to pick companies that have potential and to do whatever we can to help them achieve that potential. Now, any advice for people thinking about getting into the angel business like you are? What are some do's and don'ts that you've learned in the short time you've been involved in it? Oh gosh, there's a there's a lot that we've learned. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the first thing, and I just got want to chime in here. I, I think you have to have you have to know what makes you unique. You have to have a differentiator, much like companies. That much like the companies we talk to every day, they know what's their differentiator and why they're appealing to customers and how they create authentic demand. 
you know, today there's no shortage of, of money available to companies. So to be an angel, I think you have to find like what that unique quality is in you that, that makes your money more valuable to, to, an, uh, to a founder than, than somebody else. Um, so for us, it's, it's that, that idea of being very active and being very focused on things like sales, um, like messaging, like onboarding uh, for recruiting, you know, uh, internally. So really knowing kind of what that skill set is, I think that's really, really imperative. Obviously, you have to have the, the cash to make it happen, but you also have to have some degree of focus on why you're more appealing to a founder than somebody else. Yeah, one thing I'd add to that is, you know, in our in our in our in our approach, um, it really is all about relationships. So I'll just you know, when everyone that we talk to, even if you know whether they're in a formal endeavor or not, just trying to be helpful however we can and trying to. to um, to, to add value. So, you know, it's, you know, it's very much a, a, a long game play. We're both um, from Atlanta. We plan to be here the rest of our life. Uh, so, you know, playing a role in the, in the, the story of, of, of this city's uh, technology uh, market and really the entire ecosystem. Um, our goal is just to be helpful and to see how things go. Um, so uh, you never know where people will will, will go as the, as their journey continues. So trying to be helpful wherever, wherever possible, um, and we'll see what happens. Well, I think it's a great time to be a startup in Atlanta um, as opposed to you know maybe fifteen twenty years ago. This is a totally different ecosystem that we have now. It's pretty robust. Yeah, we agree. It's um it's fun. It's exciting. There's a whole lot happening, and you know through this unique structure, it really allows us to kind of maximize what we believe to be our strengths. And to kind of get involved with a number of different companies in different industries, as Jordan mentioned, you know, we have uh, as part of our portfolio, one of one of our companies is in government tech, one's a procurement platform, one is uh, B2B SaaS software, one is uh, in sustained. It's really it's 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 it's, it's helping to to solve uh, the issue of um, uh, food insecurity through through a logistics um, and sustainability. I mean, it's it's really exciting to be able to kind of have our hands in a lot of different uh, of, of, um, of different uh, companies and industries. And I would imagine it's pretty rewarding in that you're getting to pick and choose what adventure you want to go on as long as they align with your core values and mission. So, uh, it's yeah, certainly, I mean, I mean, for us, you know, we, we, we both worked at companies, uh, some, some very, very good. Some, some that, you know, we have, have different challenges. And I think for me and my experience at sales life, I, I know the value of core values and, and what that really means and how to really live them. So for us, when we created Arrogate Endeavors, it was very important that we knew what our core values were. Um, so for us, it's, it's all about intentionality, authenticity, and relationships. And, yeah. and you know, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've worked in five, um, a different, startups in the city in four different industries uh, at some companies that were very big and some that were very small. So I was a first time employee uh, at three different times um, and I've worn a different hat at those companies. Um, so the idea of kind of having some, some, some flexibility in, in the industries that you work in isn't new to me, and it, but it's, it's exciting to be able to kind of do all those things in a way at once. Um, so yeah, there's a whole lot happening here. It's fun to to be able to get involved and help. And I'd say the most rewarding thing is to to get the positive uh, feedback from our founders and from their teams that we're really adding value and that they're the insights that we bring to the table and the connections that we make, the introductions that we make, um, that they are additive, they are uh, delivering with their new employees, new customers, new investors, new partners or vendors. Uh, I think that feedback 
that validation has been the, uh, the best part uh, thus far for me. We make an introduction from, from uh, to uh, Katrina founder um, and someone on our network and that person ends up getting hired. That feels great. Make an introduction to someone and it ends up um, uh, closing a new deal or having an investor see what we see and, begin, and choose to invest in, in the company. Um, that's, that's a really good feeling for us. Well, congratulations on all the success. Um, what do you need more of? How can we help? Uh, I, honestly, I think we're in a good place right now. I think we we'll want to give some more exposure to our companies. I mean, I think that um, we're proud of our portfolio. Uh, the government tech platform by the name of uh, Clarity Value is doing big things. They're going to be announcing their seed round, uh, I think, in the not too distant future. They've already signed a lot of deals um, around the country. So it's, it's a platform that's looking to really help make sure that uh, any a government agency and entity um, uh, has the ability to better, it's almost like, uh, can, you, know, you, you, you hear the term a lot now, employee experience or customer experience, they're focused on the constituent experience. So if you want to, whether it's getting a new uh, driver's license or a new permit for any kind of, any, any, any interaction you have with the government, their, their role, their goal is to make it easier and less frustrating. Um, so we're proud of what they're doing. Uh, Q in town, uh, CUE is doing, um, is doing a wonderful things in the a B2B uh, a SaaS space. Um, we're proud to be in, uh, a minority investor in Gooder, um, uh, in ProQuoto. I mean, the companies are all doing very well. They're very early, but as they continue to grow and scale, any exposure that we can you know, kind of help deliver to them um, is fantastic. Good stuff. Well, if somebody wants to connect with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? Arigettiendeavors.com. And, and also, I would encourage them to reach out to us on LinkedIn. They can are quite active there as well. And that's A-R-O-G-E-T-I endeavors.com. Correct. Correct. Well, Scott and Jordan, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank Thank you, you. Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 